This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Churros. E-Tacticas podcast. This is Keon Sabani, and I am joined by the great Diego. <laughs> to talk all things Spanish football on a Monday that has followed a big derby win by Real Madrid, a narrow escape against Levante from Barcelona, and some very interesting, very interesting Champions League and Europa League draws. Diego, my friend, how are you doing? Good, man. Good. Like I was just saying before the pod, finally off of the meds. The three antibiotics have uh, been taken for the past two weeks. They are now come to, have now come to an end, and I'm, I'm so happy, man. I'm like five, six kilo less as well, so i got to say that's always good before the holidays start. I want to keep it, though. <laughs> I was at 84 kilos. I would always swing from 83 to 84 kilos, so I'm, I'm 180, right? Uh-huh. I, don't, I think that's – what is that, in, in, in like 5'10"? I don't know. In inches? I'm not exactly sure. Uh, I was always like, yeah, 80, like if I was 82 kilos, that for me was, was like, okay, wow, good. Like the 70 something out of my, like out of, you know, I haven't been that for decades. Now I weigh 78 and uh, man, it's like, I don't want to see the 80 anymore. I want to keep it this way. So like a change in diet and lifestyle as well. I'm now adapting to, <clears throat> I was always kind of working out, you know, that Keon, we would talk about it. Like mm-hmm. doing like hit sort of high intensity interval trainings, but now, but like you know, eating at an earlier time, all those things like cutting drinks out until the weekend, also. Um, and I'm not saying I was like you know drinking heavily, but yeah, like a beer a day would wouldn't be odd for me. And that's you know at, at a certain age that takes a toll when it comes to your your weight, obviously. You know what I mean? Um, no snacking. I'm just trying to be more healthy, more strict. Yeah. Snacking that, is that ought, that ought to do it. the number one, like snacking yeah. in itself. If you're, if you're yeah. disciplined, it's fine. But snacking is, is really the worst thing for me because you don't, you're not conscious of how much time passes by. That's you're it. not conscious of how many calories mm-hmm. you're consuming. You're like, you yeah, know, exactly. you read the label, you're okay, like a hundred calories per X amount. Oh, that's nothing. Mm-hmm. But then you mm-hmm. like, you don't really know when you pass that amount. You don't know when that yeah. hundred becomes 600. 
And then yes. you're done for the day because your body's like, okay, all this sodium, all these um, empty carbs. And so now it just it just starts calling out for for more for more junk. So snacking yeah. is a big one. Yeah. My my, I feel like, you know, a lot of people talk about like you got to be disciplined and stuff, which is true. I feel like for me, and I think this holds true for a lot of people. I'd be very surprised if people listen to this, be like, "No, I'm a robot. I'm not human. Mm-hmm. I can. I don't need that tool." I feel like mm-hmm. everyone needs tools. So my tool is um, intermittent fasting works. Like doing like not eating until later so it, in the day. Big, big one. Ex- exactly. I was gonna say, explain that to me because I've heard the term so much. And for me, it was like, at some point, I think there was a dude that would wake up at 3 a.m. and just stuff his face with ridiculous foods and not eat for another 24 hours. And he was calling it, what's the exact term again? There's, again? Well, there's an OMAD diet, which is one meal a day, which mm-hmm. a lot of people do that. To, and, and, I, and I do that quite a bit too. Um, <clears throat> the, basically, the tool behind it is like, Intermittent fasting in itself is not what promotes, or, or it gets you to kind of restrict your calories and mm. make you lose weight. What it just does, it's a tool for you to limit your calorie intake to what you need to eat. So if like for my window, it's not uncommon for me to go 23, 24 hours even sometimes without food. Um, okay. And then I just eat my calories in one sitting. Or if I'm, right. or basically because I just, I, I like to focus on my work. So for me, work. If I'm if I eat food, then I can't work because my mind starts to shut down. I'm like I can't focus for some reason. I need uh-huh. to have like just be fueled by water, tea, coffee, kind of club soda type stuff. But mm-hmm. if I, the moment the moment I ingest calories, my brain just kind of like gets lazy and I want to sleep and it's not as sharp. So I mm-hmm. usually don't eat until I'm basically done work for the day or like after the, you know when I. When the kids are home, we have some supper together or whatever, um, and that's just a so good way. So you don't way. get like yeah. a dip in mm. in energy. Like you don't get like a if you don't eat that you miss that intake. Because what what time would you be taking in calories in the morning? They're gonna set you up for the rest of the day or, or and and I no, I usually or... eat at like five or six p.m. and then that's mm. it. So I don't eat all day, and part of that is also because I I don't need to. So if I'm working and I, and especially if I'm working out of the house. Mm-hmm. I go to coffee shops or whatever, do my work. I'm walking around. My mind mm-hmm. is not really thinking about food anyway. So mm-hmm. I don't, you know, it doesn't bother me. But the moment I start, like, the, I'm the type of person who, if, like, if I eat something, that means I need to eat more. I can't just I can't just settle with, like, an apple or, like, a banana or a sandwich. I need to, like, go all out. I have to eat. So that's why I just don't. Mm-hmm. I just save it for the later in the day. Mm. Okay, but I mean, wow, that's that's pretty extreme. And uh, because all this time that you're explaining this, I'm thinking, and I know I make a lot of fun of, of you on this podcast, but you wake up at like 4 a.m., 4:30 a.m. Not anymore. Uh, basically, after my second child Arlo was born, that my mm-hmm. sleep schedule was like, I just I need to sleep, so I sleep I sleep in a little bit to like six or seven usually now. Ah, okay. Well, yeah. that's I mean, that's yeah, a little bit more heard of, a bit more decent, <laughs> a bit more decent. A bit more. I mean, we as like we wake up at seven reluctantly, might I say? It's, it's just not because we willingly want to, but because the kids wake up. And, I don't. And obviously, during a week, it's like school and shit. So you know. yeah, I mean, and once you have kids, kind of like that stuff gets yeah. changed. Like you don't cross time zones, I think, as much as I do, uh, mm-hmm. because you don't need to. You're in the you're in the mecca. But for me, like when i would go to spain and i would and i was like in spain almost every weekend basically before the pandemic or at least every second weekend and it was just such a weird feeling because i would cross the atlantic and Mm -hmm. so i was already waking up at like 4 or 5 a.m 
Mm-hmm. And then you cross time zones, and then you just go to a game, and then you just don't really know what sleep is, and then it just suddenly hits you. So I would have these days if, like, I'm in Spain just for a weekend, I arrive Saturday morning, I just pass out, and I wake up like Saturday night, walk to the stadium, <laughs> and then like I'm back home Monday. It's a really, really strange feeling. Wow. Yeah. That is weird. That is really weird. Very strange. Uh, okay. Well, fascinating, man. That's uh, that was churros for the day. Have a, a great week, and we'll chat Friday. <laughs> Patreon.com/churros y tacticas if you want the actual football content. So yeah. let's talk about exactly. the Champions League draw first and foremost, mm-hmm. and we might as well take a Patreon question um, now. So usually we save these for the end, but we'll kind of kind of trickle them in a little bit earlier if we find that um, it, it fits into the flow of the conversation. And this is directly came in after the Champions League draw. So our patron, Sergio Arispe, which, by the way, if you want to get guaranteed responses to your questions, you want to get questions into us, patreon.com slash churros y tacticas. You also get a bonus pod on Friday, um, which is only available for patrons. Uh, and pretty soon, Diego, Lorena, and I are going to start a churros cooking show. So... Um, you'll be able to, it's called Cooking with Diego and Keon, and uh, we're just going to stand there in our, in our chef's hat and just bake different flavors churros. No, it's going to be called cook, Cooking Churros. Cooking Churros, yeah. yeah. Um, and we also will uh, be using different flavors, like from Diego's garden too, to kind of enhance the flavors. So, Sergio Arispe says, hey guys, do you think that this Champions League draw is another sign that this will be Messi's last season at Barca? First a reunion with the only person that could ever be considered his rival, and now a reunion with an old best friend. It's like the stars and planets have aligned to show Messi Barca is no bueno. It saddens me to think about him leaving, as Messi was not only the reason why I got into watching football, but also the main reason I became a Real Madrid fan. However, would also like to see him shine again. Keep up the excellent work. Keep, up the, keep the churros tasty and the tacticas on point. Interesting. I've never heard a story where a Real Madrid fan because becomes a Real Madrid fan from watching Messi play. That's interesting. Mm, mm, mm. No, that's true. That is definitely true. So, <sighs> so, the question is, I don't know. The, the question is kind of like, will this see Messi's last season at Barca and does this draw enhance that? I don't, you know, that question in itself is in a way... It leads to more interesting questions, such as, <clears throat> um, you know, the, the, well, the headlines kind of write themselves, right? Like, we don't have to write the headlines here. The headlines there are essentially... Are so many headlines in this fucking game. Yeah, the headlines it's are essentially, insane. will Messi be playing for PSG or Barca when this, uh, um, which obviously is, uh, is more of a joke than anything, and not, we're not talking in the realm of reality here, but... Um, how did you feel when the draw was made and you saw PSG? We knew it was going to be difficult pretty much for Barca regardless, like, right? So it's not yeah. like we were surprised that Barca have a difficult opponent, but PSG no. in particular, what, how were you feeling? Uh, I mean, there were, you know, the only hard opponents, opponents, and then there were some worst case and, and less worst case scenarios within that realm, right? And I think that PSG, if not the worst case, for me that would have been Bayern, would be like the second worst case of teams that I would not want to face. You know, maybe third Man City. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, um and and what's interesting to me is, and I, that's why I was listening so intently to the question uh, and and statement as well from uh, our, our Patreon, as well as you know your thoughts behind this, because I think you know the narrative of this story can go so many ways. And at this point in time, the way things are today, 
there can be so many things written. There's so many subplots within this game. The obvious ones, you know, obviously uh, Neymar Messi, the future of Messi, the friendship between the two, the past history between the clubs, the fact that the, the last time this, these clubs met, you know, it's it was a, th- I mean, the most historic Champions League comeback, for, perhaps in football ever. I, I mean, I, I could name me one that would top this one. Um, it was remarkable and and also hurtful for PSG. So this is this has got revenge. This has got this has got the end of an era also written all over it. And that's but but also perhaps the hmm. beginning of a new. And that's why I say the timing of this is so important and will dictate the narrative because when this game will actually be played, the election will have already happened and there will already be a new board. Obviously, recently, I mean it's. The elections will happen the 24th, and meaning that one, once a new board comes in, if this game this game displayed this mid-February, right? I don't remember. I think it was the 15th, if I'm not mistaken, just after Valentine's. So I don't remember, but I'm not sure. They'll, they'll, ju- they'll just have been in, uh, voted in since like a week or two or three. They'll have had, if all goes well, one week to make any, if any, decisions to acquire, you know, make changes or acquisitions during the winter market. Um, where will Kuman Kuman's Barça be then? Is 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 an incognito? It's it's uh, yeah. We don't you know you don't know. I mean, it could be a, it could be a lot worse. It could be kind of the same. I'm doubtful whether it'll be better. Uh, and and also looking at you know with all those factors that are currently facing against. Uh, 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 you know that the Kumunas faced with and, and is against this current club and, and this group of players. Um, and also, again, like I said, where you can get in the winter, I don't see any. Like I don't see an Edgar Davis, for example, uh, Kian. You know, I don't see no, a player. You know, that can come in and have the sort of impact because you know Edgar Davis. Let's not forget that obviously when he came in, um, I think Barca were like. 15 points away or 18 points away from from Madrid at the time they were like seventh in the league uh, obviously they had Ronaldinho they, like they had pieces old pieces like Saviola but they had new pieces obviously in, in, in like Ronaldinho the midfield I think was Koku Koku um, what the fuck was in the midfield again uh, well obviously Xavi Koku Xavi well um, I mean, the, and kind of like bef- that was before really Chavi became Chavi. Obviously, that was exactly. long before it. Was before and yes, so it was it was kind of a, a transition period. Um, yeah, bottom absolutely. line is, but my point is, David's that, that signing like, like helps you catapult energy. to like yes. second in La Liga from being a having a disastrous campaign. Exactly, yeah. and and you look at like the the names that are floating around, the Eddie Garcias, the the Pais, and and you just don't see them have an impact like. That enough of an impact to make this team really fight for silverware. Therefore, come back to the initial point of the question, you know, how do I see this? You know, I just see this tie, Barca PSG, as a way that could potentially cement the fate, you know, and the real end of one era with Messi at Barca. And, and, and let's say, you know, we see Neymar and Mbappé sway Messi enough to join their ranks because of the game. Maybe there's some 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 sweet talking here and there. It could be a humiliation as well. Like I could I could see Barca get absolutely humiliated in that game as well. I don't I don't know how this tie is gonna swing and and and, and um let's just say as as I've been known to known for I think on this part, I kind of fear for the worst. 
And so I'm not looking forward to this. Okay. Finish on that. Yeah. So so here's the thing. So like this, these games are being played. The first leg is being played in February. The the second leg is being played in March. And just like every single draw that we're going to be talking about today, the rule applies across the board. Who knows what any team will look like by then? You know, it's Mm. our guess. Uh, It's a guessing game, especially this season where there are so many variables. You have no idea who's going to be healthy in a couple months' time. Um, Neymar, who who had a very bad uh, ankle injury over the weekend, it seems like... It doesn't look too bad. It doesn't look too bad, which is good news for everybody. We want a healthy Neymar. Um, And so he'll be fine. Unfortunately, Ansu Fati will not be back. No. Right? I mean, no. maybe, maybe outside chance for the second leg. Maybe. But maybe no, we're not going to count that. Yeah. So here's the way I think we frame this discussion. And by the way, I think Messi will be a Barcelona player by then. And if he's not, and if you, just to, to make it clear, the rules state. Who um, says he won't? I don't know. Just people floating this around. Like, oh, okay. I don't know. Um, but just like the joke, it's like a half joke because I, I just in case anyone actually believes that he'll be a PSG player by then, he's not going to be allowed to play for them in the Champions League. So it's not like we're going to see Messi versus Barcelona. And by the way, that's interesting in itself. Um, if that happened, like after this draw, it almost like there's almost like it would be even weirder now if Messi went to to PSG during the winter window. Wait, like or, during the winter, Mark? Is that what people are saying? I've seen it float around. That's all I'm saying. I'm just making yeah, it clear right. that I mean, there's no chance. I get it. Yeah. If, if but like if Messi Barca does get an offer, obviously it's the last few months <clears> that they could actually cash in on his contract. So, um, or let him walk for free at the end, which I I, I think is what obviously going to happen. They'll save his salary. But if they do get an offer and it's PSG making an offer, then, I mean that that would be very awkward. That would be so he wouldn't travel with the team for sure. Like he would not, you know, he would. It would be very weird. Plus, well, he like wouldn't said, be in the he squad. He wouldn't be able to play. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah. Uh, just Messi, when you leave Barcelona this time, please do it properly. Like, make sure you have the legal things in place. Don't try to leave like after the time has passed where you're not allowed to leave yet. Just leave. Just leave when you're supposed to leave. You have the best lawyers in the world. And if you don't, then just buy them. Buy the best lawyers in the world. Don't do this again. Um, be like a two minutes to midnight transfer in the winter market. <laughs> they seal the deal. That would be hilarious. Um, so. If the game was played today, let's. I think that's the way we pretend to have, or we have this right. conversation. We pretend right. all these games are being played today, and mm-hmm. the you know the players who are available are, avail- are available. We're not gonna like get into hypothetical injuries and stuff. Just the way that that PSG um, plays, mm. and the way Barcelona plays, and we can we're gonna get into. They're scraping by Levante, who ironically, Lionel Messi's goal. You know, Barcelona created enough great chances to score like three goals in this game against Levante. Um, But Levante, like almost every team does against Barcelona, have like one or two chances. You're like, holy shit. Like, if that's a better team, that's going in. Like, Mm -hmm. this was almost a Madridista wet dream in this this game against Levante because the two big chances fell to two former Real Madrid Canterano players, mm, Danny Gomez also, and right. Jorge de Frutos. Mm. Um, all both point blank. And I didn't watch this game with a tactical eye, I'll be very honest. Um, I I watched the Villarreal Betis game in the morning, then went and had a, a nice family dinner. <clears throat> but we had it on in the background, and we were kind of just following all these chances. Me and my dad were watching it. And those two chances of de Frutos and Danny Gomez, we were like pulling our hair out. 
But we, we kind of knew what was going to happen and that Messi was inevitably going to save the day. Um, or at least that's the way we, we, we tried to kind of play it in our head so that we could jinx it somehow. Mm-hmm. But those two chances, um, you know, Barcelona didn't defend Levante particularly well. Um, yeah. I do, th- by the way, I do think Araujo is an interesting, good player. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That's, I think, a bright spot in defense. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the variable of, like, who's healthy, Umtiti, Langley has been uncharacteristically in bad form. And he's mm-hmm. been a player who I've really liked for Barcelona. I think he's been reliable, even if he's an annoying person to play against. But he's a really good defender. But of late, he's been making all these weird mistakes. Mm-hmm. So what version of that? So anyway, my point is, if Neymar is healthy and Mbappe is healthy, that, you know, and Barca's line, they haven't really kind of played a deeper line and they haven't really played a different style of play against anyone they played against. And that line will be very vulnerable against a, an, an attacking force like PSG. So, it, you know, it's not inconceivable to me that it's, uh, it gets ugly. Mm. Let's put it that way. Do you mm. feel that way? And also the second leg like, being in Paris with uh, another variable mm-hmm. that by March maybe we'll see fans in the stadium in, 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 in France too, um, yeah. which may or may not be like the, the main talking point of this, obviously. But I just think that this is a – this one is – like I said, I, I didn't expect any really uh, unless they drew – what was the one team that was like going to be like kind of okay if you drew them? But the rest were like either Dortmund. Bayern, yeah, even Dortmund would have been tough. But I mean, Dortmund have their own problems now too. So I, I, I think that just offensively speaking, and also the variability of your backline, like is Umtiti healthy? Is Longley in form? Is Pique healthy? How is Mingueza going to respond in a big game like that? Araujo, yeah. you know, and also Alba's defensive struggle. So all of those things coupled with PSG's attacking ability. Um, and they're, they've also kind of gotten the Champions League monkey off their back last season, I think. They played so well in the Champions League, um, maybe apart from the final. So I think they've gotten yeah. their monkey off their back, and this mm. could it could get ugly, I think. Well, it's I mean, they're, they're the subcampeones, right? They're the current second-place uh, holder of, uh, like, como se dice subcampeón? Like, the second-place Is champions? that a thing? No. Is that a? I've never yeah. heard that as being a thing. Like, yeah, yeah, no, they might be just. It's like an, It's like a. It's like a conference uh, title. It's like an Eastern Conference title. Yeah, I guess. I guess second place. It's okay. a second place. Um, but you know, I mean, I don't know what I don't know what to think of PSG. Quite frankly, I mean, you know, you I, they're not a team I regularly watch uh, full matches of, so you kind of base your interpretation what i see from on highlights and what i read about them when you read about them about them being a team that haven't found their form yet you see uh, how they're doing you know in in, in the french league and league on the fact that they're third the fact that they've you know draw matches against bordeaux and then obviously lose against lyon etc so you wonder if they're just saving it for the champions league because who to let's be honest who really cares about league on um I'm sure that uh, Al Khalifa is not getting warm thoughts about winning the French League again, but his everybody's eyes set on that club will be on the Champions League. I think anything less will be. I mean, it's hard to say deemed as a failure, but we've seen coaches already. You know, Tuchel be questioned by winning everything and missing out on the Champions League final, and his name got got put on the chopping block as the potentially, you know, moving on already. Um, my point being is that. 
yeah, what are we going to get from that? Offensively, they're a PlayStation team. Uh, Rati in the midfield, but uh, surely they've got their weaknesses. Like uh, that, you have to expect that a team like Barca, who also, when you look at the squad in and of itself, they're PlayStation players, right? You look at the young Griezmann, uh, Messi, uh, Busquets, Pjanic, etc., etc. Uh, they've got interesting uh, tools there, interesting players. Dest, I think, is still, you know, um, just continuing to. I, I don't want, maybe not impress in the last match, but certainly was uh, still the player that was on my radar that I think had a solid performance. One of the few. De Jong was, I mean, with the permission of Messi, for me, the best player uh, on Barca. Uh, so there's things there that on the day, you know, it is football, Barca could cause some damage. Uh, if, if this PSG team really haven't found their form yet and they're, they're having their own maybe internal problems, who knows? Um, where am I going with this? I, I, don't, I don't know where I'm going with this. Well, but I guess I'm saying this, that Barca have a chance. Well, here's, um, here's what I also want to say. Because you said PSG are like PlayStation. Hmm. In Offensively. Re- and, but even in watching, like, Neymar, okay, when I watch Neymar play, I feel like I'm watching a video game, like a real-life video game. Because he, just the stuff he does is almost like watching, at times, like what LeBron was doing it in Miami, like at his peak, where he's just like, it's like you just roll up the field and just press square or whatever, whatever the dunk button is, and you just dunk over everybody. And you just yeah. pull up for three. Just watching Neymar like do what he does, especially in the Champions League when like you know things are a little bit more at stake. It's like watching a video game. He's like an unstoppable force. Like I mean, you watch his hat trick over um, last week. Just some of the goals he was scoring was were unbelievable. And so I always yeah. felt, in a way, Neymar has become almost underrated in just that when you watch him play. I don't know if there's anybody right now who's just better at getting the ball and getting from point a to point b at will he's so good at that and i just think like whether it's des or um whether it's roberto or whoever it is or if he goes to the opposite flank or he pops up centrally and comes interchangeable with mbappe that's so hard to defend and whatever weaknesses they have in midfield and by the way like when marquinhos kind of steps into midfield with verati their their midfield suddenly gets organized in big games as we saw last season Marquinhos has been good. Yeah. You know, it's it's a uh, it's a tough one. But again, but, but who knows what Neymar about, will be doing in February? Five one when they beat Istanbul. With all respects to Istanbul, you know, like uh, you'd hope that Barca's defense is solid enough not to, you know, not to get crushed. I mean, Neymar, uh, you're 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 uh, these isol- I mean, th- th- that's my whole point. Like these kind of isolated moments are the ones that you see that I see at least on the highlights that obviously llama la atención, right? And like uh, uh, brings your attention or makes you, um, it makes your you know ears perk up and your eyes kind of light up. But I haven't seen Neymar in, you know, for the full 90 minutes in league uh, playing week in and week out. And, and, and I basically just see PSG, what I've seen from them in the Champions League. And, my, and again, playing teams like uh, Istanbul in this case. So, and when you look at their regular form in the league, it's it's less than impressive, you know. So and, and and again, based on what the experts are writing, that this team that haven't found their form yet, they've got formidable players. But if they are if they have some weaknesses, then I have to think 
my optimistic side here that Barca stand a chance to, you know, make it. And, and it's crazy, but yeah, make an, at this point, if Barca beats PSG, it would be considered an upset. Um, so, you know, I've got to cross my fingers for a potential upset, but, and, you know, I could also fear, I, I, inside, I, I also fear the worst. I hear what you're saying <clears throat> about the opponents that were kind of taking this, uh, and we're talking about Neymar's performances, and there's no real counter to it in the fact that, you know, they they play who they play in league and um, in the Champions League, they, their opponents haven't been that great, although, you know, Leipzig, Manchester are good teams. Um, depends on how you spin that, I guess. Leipzig for sure. Mm-hmm. But we can also go back to last season, you know, against Leipzig, yeah. where yeah. I don't remember the exact number, but he had like broken a record for amount of completed dribbles and nobody could stop him. And so we, we can't also pretend that Neymar can't do this in big games against big opponents. And when you say Barca's defense is a little bit better, sure, but I don't know if it's good enough to, um, yeah. I don't know if Piquet is going to be available, but you imagine a backline with, you know, Dest, Piquet, uh, and Long again, way. I'm dreaming here maybe, but, you know, who says and- Enrique Garcia won't be brought in in the wintertime? Um, I think Barca will make I mean, you want Longley instead of Eric Garcia in that game anyway. I More, no. more reliable. Yeah, for sure. Are you, are you joking now? No. I mean, it's still like even despite Longley's kind of form, he's still more reliable than Eric Garcia. I think. I don't know. I would have to. I mean, right now Longley's form. I mean, the the poor guy. Yeah, I'm not trying to bully him or nothing, but he's. He, I think he, his confidence has been shot, um, and he's just kind of he's in a bad funk right now, where just things aren't working out going his way. I think he feels it. I think it's again, it's part of uh, like this whole dynamic within the team. You know, things that can go wrong, well, well, will go wrong for some. It's Murphy's law. It's um, uh, yeah, I, I believe that to be the case. It it, it, it just like my ins, my gut feeling, Kian, is bringing me back to the Gaspar era and that you know era where you had coaches like Sierra Ferrer be put in out of emer- in emergency. Well, even an emergency president came in at the time. What was his name again? Reina, I think it was something. And uh, and things was just going bad. It was it was just awful with Van Gaal, everything. It was just the, the the house was crumbling down. So that's you know a kind of uh, I guess you know yeah just the history. You know you can say how history repeats itself, or we have to learn from history, and and that's just my historical. Memory of uh, a similar time is that, and uh, and it's not good. PK is probably going to. Why do I get? I get from on this topic, this depressive topic, by answering a simple question about Barca's defense. Like you, you see what I'm saying, man? Well, that's when what you it see is. Me go down this dark hole. Please stop me, because I just like depress myself. PK is, I think, going to miss the first leg. Although maybe he if is. he recovers quickly, he'll be back in time. But probably be back for the second leg. Um, mm. So. Some thoughts on Real Madrid versus Atalanta. Right. I'm happy. Well, yeah, you go. Okay, I'll go, 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 go. No, 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 you go. Okay. Well, so I think you. it was good to avoid Leipzig. I mean, that was the most difficult opponent. And while I think most Real Madrid fans rightfully would have preferred Lazio or Porto, uh, I think Atalanta is not a bad place to fall, given that Leipzig would have been the alternative. 
And again, like you and I, I think spoke about this. You know, I think it was on Friday where Mr. Chip like put out the mm-hmm. the mathematical chances of drawing each team, each yeah. team, and who they could draw. And Leipzig was more likely to be drawn against Real Madrid than any other team possible. Yeah. And again, I don't know the math behind it, the science behind it, but I was like, okay, Mr. Chip says it, I accept it. Um, so I'm happy that Leipzig weren't drawn. I think that would have been, I would say. Um, a, a tactically more challenging game than Atalanta. So yeah. I guess what do I mean by that? Well, one, I think Julian Nagelsmann is a genius. I think he is a brilliant analytical mind, tactical mind. Um, I think he. it doesn't mean that he would beat Zidane, but it just means I think that would have been possibly, and I think the signs and, and kind of the data and the performances would add up to this, that that would have been more challenging. Atalanta, I think, are interesting because there is a degree of variability to them. They are good offensively and not good defensively, which I think suits Real Madrid. It suits Real Madrid because I think, you know, as we've seen this season, two things benefit Real Madrid, okay? And 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 it benefits them from a mental side of things too, so these two things are not necessarily tangible. Um one thing that benefits Real Madrid is an open, an open team. Okay, so what we've seen from Atalanta in games past, but also last season, whether it was against Ajax, whether it was against Liverpool this season, their defense no es bueno. Okay, and they open up. <clears throat> that gives them some ad- attacking output offensively, which may or may not suit them, and I think can be detrimental to to actually getting them to the next round. But if they play that kind of brand of football, I think that really benefits Real Madrid because they have weapons in transition and they obviously fare better in that situation. And I would say this. Despite Atalanta being a a pretty good team um, defensively, um, I don't... I actually trust Real Madrid's defense in a game like this to step up because it's been, you know, all things considered, their defense has been good. Uh, maybe not the scenes, but like kind of generally speaking, over the last calendar year or so, they've gotten much better defensive transition. And if the Atletico game is anything to go by, and the Mucin Gladback game is anything to go by, they are certainly up for raising their defensive game in big games in the Champions League, which I trust. Um, Atalanta, for all um, the good offensively they are, I don't believe they're better than Real Madrid offensively. Um, they don't create as many opportunities as Real Madrid do offensively. They don't create as many shots. Um, they don't create as many goals. So I'm I'm happy with this draw. I think this suits Real Madrid. Again, who knows what state the team will be in February, who's healthy, who's not. Big one is obviously you want Ramos healthy. That's, that's key if you want to deal with a good team offensively like Atalanta. But I, I'm happy with the draw. Okay, I, 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 interesting to hear your perspective, and I'm kind of surprised that you haven't, you know, expressed your opinions or your thoughts on really the big elephant in the room for me, at least, and that's the fact that right now Atalanta, and I didn't know this beforehand. I have to say, I mean, I, again, I confessed last time that what I see from Atalanta are mainly uh, what they play in the Champions League, as opposed to you know the off highlight from the Serie A. But they're an absolute shit show at the moment. They're they're in complete turmoil. I mean, uh, the the fact that they were already ninth at the time, I think that now they move up to eighth. When last week, when we were talking about them, I mentioned oh they're ninth in the Serie A. 
no pinta bien, no bueno, como dices tú, like how you would say it, no es bueno. Uh, there's also a massive divide in the dressing room between um, uh, Gasperini and Papo yeah, Gomez. I saw that this morning. And, yeah. Right, and I mean, that's like, for me, reading about it and, 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 and kind of how deep this division is and how it's been affecting and how open it are also about it at the moment. They're just venting openly um, and it seems to be getting worse. Like, I, I talk about dynamics I and mean, we just been ranting about it for the first half hour of the spot about Barca. Well, the dynamics there do not seem good whatsoever. Um, so how is a team, how are you going to get some sort of cohesion and, 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 and togetherness and fighting spirit to overcome a team like Real Madrid, who's now resurged, you know, thanks to a, you know, goddamn, they're, I don't know, you know, they say a cat has nine lives. I don't know how many lives Real Madrid has, man. They're like Real, The saying should be, you know, whatever saying you have for the cat having nine lives, it should be Real Madrid having infinite lives. Like that, that should be the new go-to cinnamon. Uh, cinnamon. <laughs> the cinnamon. new go-to cinnamon. <laughs> or, or that'll be a that'll be a good flavor for our first uh, cooking episode. <laughs> but no, seriously. I mean, look, it had like I mean, it hasn't been a month that Real Madrid has been playing well. It's been a week. It was a, it was a good result against Sevilla, then Munchen Gladbach, and obviously now like three match balls that that again Zizou went one. Real Madrid, I'm not saying they're not looking better, they are, but you know, you guys won these matches with not really breaking a sweat, I have to say. Uh, Atletico, the derby was the disappointment, like again, that I, I mentioned on the last podcast. I said, I hope you know that this is going to be playing out one way, at least we're going to see a competitive Atletico because more often than not. Uh, and you alluded to it to, to it as well. How like Atletico just doesn't show up in the Bernabeu or the you know Alfredo Di Stefano in this case, on these occasions where sometimes in, when they play at home, yes, but the way it's just it, it's more often than not disappointing. And again, that derby um, allowed Real Madrid to rebound and kind of really change. You know they're in the title race now. The hunt is on. Uh, Champions League, good result, easy opponent. So. If we're going to see this team picking up steam, we can expect them to compete, for, uh, you know, for anything. And uh, Zizou, when pressing up against the ropes, comes back and uh, has delivered knockout punches. And we, we see this in the Champions League. Well, fuck. I mean, the odds are. Let's just say that the the, the setup for it is very good. Uh, again, this team at Atalanta, I don't think, can pose much of a serious threat. Added to all the things that you mentioned, because of all. It, it, it's just not the Atalanta that we saw in the last week or last week, last year, last season in the Champions League edition or in the City Out for that matter. So, who again? And the same factor applies, right? Uh, where will they, will they? Where will they? Will Jesus? Where will they be come yeah. mid February? Uh, but again, no pinta bien, no es bueno, and in Real Madrid's case, mm, it's on the up, and that's an, that's just a, that's an obvious right that's a, a fact that things have turned around over in Camp Madrid yeah we'll see um uh, again February is a long time away I, I feel good about this draw so I thought when you when you were like surprised with what I said I thought you were going to spin it in a different direction and say Atalanta are better than you think but you span it in uh -huh. the opposite direction of what I thought you were going to spin it in <clears throat> inside Atlanta are worse than you think so uh oh. either way I'm not going to disagree with you the turmoil they're like behind the scenes, but also again, their defensive variability, like conceding five goals against Liverpool, but also beating Liverpool 2 0 and um, beating Ajax away, beating Fiorentina by three goals yesterday. 
high degree of variability, but I don't mm-hmm. think, um, I don't, th- I think that, again, I think this suits Real Madrid much more than Leipzig does. For so second league in a Bernabeu, obviously, right? And maybe, maybe with um, home fans and also in Spain at that point. Maybe should we take a question so, about that now? Sure. Uh, our patron David Bayer says, "Do you all know?" When fans are coming back for La Liga, I tried Googling it, but couldn't find anything substantial. Oh, you want me to take this? Okay. <laughs> this, I mean, Tease, not, man. No, because you, you mentioned, no, before you mentioned that you, you, you heard or you read up on what Tebas had to say. No, I mean, listen, what I, the, the, let's say, heard around the campfire was that mid-February, we around that time or a little bit later it might have been march uh potentially there's the case where they might let some uh you know small selection amount of, of fans back in but since you have the word of tebas i was waiting for you to jump on this one yeah yeah my 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 word of tebas like my exclusive of just reading what he said publicly uh a couple of weeks ago really his plan was to uh, by 2021 start rolling out fans, and the idea was to do let's say about 3,000 fans. Now mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I think probably the smarter thing to do was like rather than putting a number on it, uh, uh, it's better to put a percentage of basically how many seats are available in the stands because ultimately the goal is to social distance, right? So if you put 3,000 fans in the Alfredo Di Stefano, is much more different than putting 3,000 fans at the Camp Nou. Uh, obviously the the thing is. It's not up to La Liga. They proposed it, and the government has to approve or disapprove, right? So ultimately, it depends on the government. And what Teba said was that, you know, it it could be easier in certain provinces than it is in others. So, and we're talking about the Canary Islands. It's uh, it's uh-huh. more under control, from what I understand. I could be wrong. From that's what I understand, it's more no, under true. control there. So, it more. could be easier. It might be approved in those markets more than. In, in maybe the other cities like Madrid and Barcelona. So, yeah, um, yeah that, I think that's the answer. I don't think there is an update since then. So no actual month. I mean, you just said 2021. That's what I had no seen. So if you had a month, then that's, that's more, better, more I information than I know. I did. I okay. thought it was February, potentially March. But again, it was no confirmation, clearly. Otherwise, it would make headlines everywhere. Uh, yeah. But more mere speculation, yeah. Yeah, okay. So... Um, I think Chelsea probably got an unfavorable draw getting Atletico. Certainly, basically any any first place team that would have drawn Atletico in this situation would have been would have felt you know kind of unlucky, and Chelsea falls in that role. Uh, I think just shifting our eyes to the Europa League for one second. I mm-hmm. love I love Real Sociedad versus Manchester United. Uh-huh. I saw a narrative floating around that that Real Sociedad are unlucky to draw Manchester United. I beg to differ. I think, well, maybe they are unlucky. Who am I to say? But I think just from a Spanish football perspective, I'm really excited to see something like this. I think this is the stage where Europa League gets really interesting. I'd love to see what Oyarzabal can do against a team like Manchester United. I'd love to see David Silva in that in a game against Manchester United. I'd like to see kind of the measuring stick of how these players will play against a team like that. I like that the pressure's all on United. I like this draw. I'm very excited to see it. And this, to me, is when the Europa League gets interesting. I've watched too many Europa League games this season, which involved Dundalk and Luda Goretz. And 
CFR kluge. So I'm in, I'm excited to see some of these bigger opponents now. So that, that's that's basically my my concluding thoughts on the draw. Be, uh, I was just thinking it'll be Yanuzai facing his old clubs. That's right. Yeah. So it could be very motivated for that. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, shit, you would have to fancy Real Sociedad for that, huh? You kind of hope. At Maybe least, I definitely. wouldn't rule it out for sure. Yeah. Did you see Baranechea's uh, goal on the weekend? Uh, yeah, I did. No, but remind me now. I saw too too many like flashes of of all kinds of game in second division. What was it? How do you describe it? Well, a ball basically falls um, at the at the almost the corner of the penalty box, and Baranechea yeah. just volleys it. Yeah. And I thought maybe it took deflections and stuff, and that's why I went in. But the replay is like it was so clean and powerful. It went through everybody undetected, un like didn't take any deflection, no save, and then in off the crossbar. Just really, really one of the goals of the weekend, if not the month, if not the season. Just spectacular goal. Love that. Love yeah. that. And the sound as well. I need to watch that back because um, I, I need to appreciate that in this full. Kind of remi- like it, I felt similar the way you described that when I saw Carvajal kick, or, you know, uh, I should say Oblak's own goal. Um, <laughs> Stupid own goal. Because it, <laughs> I know you love that, but uh, yeah, those clean kicks that just and then rattle against the bar, like the sound of the ball hitting the bar is. Uh, I get a kick out of that. I got a kick out of that as young. Sometimes I would have preferred to hit against the bar than the back of the net, because I just loved it. It was like, oh, <laughs> um, that's why they have the crossbar game because it's satisfying to hit the crossbar. It's satisfying, yes, yeah. yes, yeah. Yeah, well, look, man. I mean, for. Um, what else? Atletico? Did you talk about Atletico or no? You we haven't talked about over? it. I, okay. I, I just glossed over the Chelsea thing. We haven't talked about the Derby yet or Atletico in really any meaningful way. So do you want to... What did you... Any thoughts on the Derby or Atletico or the draw or anything? <sighs> I mean, in in, in resume, really, in, in uh, like just summarizing it, um it was kind of as expected uh, where we saw like a shadow of Atletico self, uh, I think kind of culminate or characterized best by the way, Joao Felix uh, had approached this game, the, the awful game he had. Um, and this, you know, Cholo's frustration on the sideline was something that was so for me telling with how, you know, basically things were just not. I let or, or Cholo it was not getting from his team what he wanted uh, at any moment, and you saw that by the frantic substitutions. And, and like I said, it kind of culminated when Joao Felix got taken off so early in the 60. But like I said, kind of expected as well because you could see Cholo just getting furious on the touchlines, screaming at him by by the kind of like the aimless passing, the bad passing as well, this bad association with his teammates, Coque, Herrera, getting frustrated. There was the odd run as where, you you know, the, there was the odd run, but he would get taken down easily. Um, and uh, it just it just frustrated me. And, and it, what frustrated me, frustrated me, excuse me, as well, was obviously seeing the way that the players came off. When you see Israel Felix come off and kick up uh, uh, such a massive fuss, but also Luis mm-hmm. Suarez, what was it, later in the 70-something minute, just ironically smirking. And it's like, dude, you, you're shit. You did not do anything. Like, there, we saw nothing of Suarez. I did not notice him on the field game. at all. Z- zero. Zhao, yeah. like, I, I, I noticed. Zhao, I actually understood the frustration because Zhao, I thought, was 
good and he was noticeable. But but Luis Suarez, I did good. not know he was on the field. You thought he Joao had a good game. I don't know if anyone had a good game for Atletico, but at least Joao did stuff. Like Zhao was able to kind of escape pressure. He was able to progress the ball up the field. You know, he was fouled heavily after doing one he of those. Though. I he had no pressing up the field. That like he was his his actions were meaningless. He was pushed off. Meaningless is a bit harsh, but I I I think. Listen, I I you know it's not like Simeone taking Zhao Felix off. It's not like. I think he, he obviously is going to get criticized like crazy for doing that when you take off Zhao Felix and, and put when you're down Kondopia, a goal. Which, well, no, yeah. but Su- Kondogbia came on for Suarez, didn't he? For Suarez, sorry. Yeah, yeah for Suarez. Yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, but here's what I will say about Simeone's subs. Um, I think Saul had an impact who came on for Zhao Felix. Now the question is, could you mm-hmm. have had Saul and Zhao Felix and maybe maybe Saul would have helped Zhao Felix? That was one, that's one thing. The other thing... Lamar and Saul were okay. The the three subs he made at halftime, Lamar, I, Lodi not so much, but Lamar, I, actually I think Lodi was helpful because in, in the first half, Carrasco struggled against Vasquez and Carvajal. The combination of, of Lodi and Lamar was better for them against those yeah. two Real Madrid players. Lamar missed that huge chance, but he also brought probably more to the table than Carrasco did. Uh, again, I don't know if that's the fault of Carrasco. I don't know if it's the fault of Felix. I think maybe if you had kind of set it up structurally but differently you could have helped those players but his subs didn't have an impact more than the starters did but I, I still question like could you have taken off somebody else for Saul you know I, I think Zhao Felix is too for good Felix. of a player to not have on, on in your team if he's healthy if you're chasing a goal I think he's, his brilliance can come through on one play you know I, I think that, that matters that would have mattered but again you know Ultimately, look, they I, got they had the chances to get back in this game, and Lamar missed a chance, Saul missed a chance, and um, and Real Madrid came through. For me, it was like I mean, again, as it was noticeable to me how increasingly frustrated Simeone was getting at the touchline, and when you know the substitution eventually happened, how. I mean, this is like, you know, you just don't do that to a manager. You don't do that to the boss. You don't do that to the person that has been at the club way longer than you and has brought in a whole much more silverware than you did. Um, and you can't, you know, be so disrespectful in, in, in your frustrations when you're just having a shit game. Like I said, for me, Luis Suarez was having a very bad game and should have been substituted potentially earlier. He had, again, I don't remember any significant runs or touches or anything of him certainly no chances no, um, nothing so therefore you have you're substituted and 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 you got to ex- just yeah it, it might sound like a silly point but um for me chola was right to make these substitutions and then seeing that attitude towards chola i just hope i guess it's not going to get worse and we're not going to get you know a sort of a divide and because this is it for atletico if like if they cannot become champion this season then forget it. Then, then, you know, I don't see this team becoming champion again for quite a long time. I don't. I have a feeling like if a divide between Jolo and Joao happens now, you see Joao, you know, leave to the Premier League or some other big club in in a, in a matter of time and and, and a short time for that matter. And um, you know, it, it, this project that started off so good this season finally could potentially implode in no time. So um, you know, it's better. You know, for them to just either discuss it openly 
or what because I would hate to see the current to see and I said it right didn't I tell you Kian I still believe even if Atletico loses to Real Madrid that they will be the that they are the current champion of the current La Liga season uh, and I still think that that will be the case I hope we don't see that go away in defense of Jao Felix's reaction it could have been more of like so if I'm taken off in that situation I'm pissed and I can and yourself because ex- you had a well, shit game exactly yeah. maybe that's what he like you know when he I, I could go off in the stands and start kicking objects and chairs and stuff and that could be directed only just to release frustration of from my own performance you know what I mean it doesn't yeah. have to necessarily be directed towards Simeone mm-hmm. so I you right, doesn't but, ha- no, but the way it is being interpreted is a clear disrespect to Simeone whether that I mean that again that again is the sort by of who? narrative that is well by the what you read and what you hear in the papers, mm-hmm. right? Uh, well, Simeone just said again, after the game, I understand that he's, he was frustrated. Like, it was understandable. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I would have been frustrated too. I don't know if it was directed at Simeone, I guess is my point. Well, I mean, did you see Suarez though? Yeah, his Suarez, I don't... I, smugness. Suarez, I will... Uh, you know, with Zhao, I'll be biased and defend him irrationally right. more than ah, okay. Suarez. And I'm, I, I, will, I, will, uh, I will find justification for Suarez to be wrong here. So, yeah, Suarez <laughs> is unacceptable. Unacceptable behavior. Luisito. No, I genuinely, when he was substituted and I saw him smirking and leaving the field, I genuinely, my reaction was of, I forgot you were in this game. I forgot. Which is uh, completely different than my experience of playing him in the Classicos, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, All right, so... um, do we need to hit on anything else? I mean, we're we're cutting it short, but if you want to give a shout out to Sevilla, obviously, uh, the fourth Spanish team. <clears throat> my question to you, Kim. Yeah, po- I. That's disrespectful. We you, didn't even talk question, about them. My question to you. I'll, I'll put it this way, and then you can uh, you know talk obviously about Sevilla. Do you think, or how big is the chance? That we could potentially see three of the four Spanish teams being knocked out in this initial, like round of sixteen knockout games. How who, serious is who that? Who are the three? Why well, you tell me? <laughs> you tell me. Uh, I think there's. If I had I to guess, I, if I had to guess, I think two advance, mm-hmm. and I think it's Atleti and Real Madrid. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I... Hopefully. Hopefully. I hope to be able to include Atleti in that. Chelsea have been really good offensively. I think think Atletico can take that space away. I think, you know, I I, I think they have the ability to make somebody like Timo Werner really uncomfortable, for example. Uh, I I think... I also think Sevilla Dortmund can go either way. I'm not ruling that out yet. Yeah. Dortmund just fired their coach. Well, who knows? Maybe yeah. by February, we'll, they'll have figured out a bunch of things. Dortmund have, like Atalanta, can be highly variable. Um, I, I don't think Sevilla are favorites, obviously, but I, I, I don't rule it out either. Um, if I had to guess, I'd go two, two out of four, Atletico and Real Madrid. But what you're suggesting to me is also possible. I mean, I, I don't know. I, it, Dortmund. I mean, the Haaland factor. I don't know. For me, that is that just tips the scale. Um, 
not knowing much, obviously, about... Don't uh, rule out a Kunde masterclass. Don't, well, of course, but and that's what I mean. Like, not knowing, or not knowing so much about the, the defensive frailties of Dortmund, obviously, they are well-known well known and, and, and worldly-renowned at this point for their offensive striking power, something that with a Sevilla is just simply not the case. So I, I adopt no. the young guy's philosophy saying, okay, uh, all we have to do is score one more goal than our opponent. And given, the, given those variables, those factors, it, you know, for me, it tips the scale. And I don't think we will see the uh, advance against, um, against Dortmund. Yeah, I, I think that's, that's fair. I, I would probably lean maybe 60 or 70% in favor of Dortmund. But... Um, I think Sevilla could possibly, they have enough in the tank. I, the question to me is like, Luke de Jong still continues to struggle scoring and, and their Serie yeah. has been in great form. And Sevilla yeah. are not a very creative offensive team, but Dortmund are not a great defensive team either. So that could, uh, that could balance itself out. So I think we haven't exhausted it because we've barely touched on the league. Um, but... Mm. I think given that this this podcast was more going to be about Champions League reaction, Champions League draw reaction, plus maybe Derby plus Barcelona Levante, I think I think we hit everything we need to hit. I mean, real quick, Atletico Chelsea, how's it going to end then? Or your overall? So your total, so your away and you know home and away results. Yeah, I think this is going to be something like of a, a four-two for Atleti on aggregate. Interesting on aggregate. Yeah. I think they will frustrate Chelsea's offense. And I think they will nick a goal. And then eventually, as the tie opens up, um, plus Atletico away goals at Sanford Bridge, Chelsea will start chasing the game. And then they'll, uh, they'll open up and concede the fourth and the nail in the coffin. Let's see. Let's Let's, see. Uh, I'll, I'll record this. I'll record that segment, keep it in the, in the backlogs of the laptop. So that if that comes true, I'll I'll, um, I'll post it and be like, "See, I told you so." And if it doesn't happen, then I'll just delete the file. Mm-hmm. Well, let's see. I mean, it, could, it could happen, I guess. Uh, Chelsea seems to also, or seem to also, be going through their own little eternal wars uh, with uh, what's his name, Kai something, the eighty million dollar kid, not really working Kai out, Havert? and. Yes, um, and Timo, etc. Uh, I think they lost to Everton, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe. Uh, so, so many things yeah. to know. Yeah, they lost things. 1-0 to Everton. Yeah, right. So we could see, yeah, yeah, we could see. It could go either way. I, I hope it's not the case. I hope we can, you know, see all four, nah, all three Spanish teams advance. <laughs> Uh, and uh, and happy days to come. Hey man, if Barca beat PSG, then all of a sudden this is a different desc- discussion. Yeah, that yeah, that's like a season-turning kind of watershed moment if that happens. If it happens, we'll cross our fingers. <clears throat> all right, Diego. All right, boy. This was fun. Enjoy the rest of your Monday. Uh, our patrons will be back patreon.com slash if you're not a patron already you should uh, if you sign up for an annual membership which you'll see on patreon.com slash you actually save some money and you get access to everything we do which is a win-win for everybody and it's only $3 USD so there you go pretty easy I mean um, 
that's really like that's one how many servings of churros is that <laughs> when you get into this one or you, you, you go to your co- coffee analogies your starbucks that's one squirt of cream juice of cream Starbucks. juice like- <laughs> oh my god you've never been to starbucks go to starbucks and eat or order a squirt of cream juice caramel squirt with with sprinkles on it or whatever the fuck i think like i i'm fuzzy on like how much we pay i pay for churros when i when i'm sitting at a cafe in madrid no churros can like a bag of churritos yeah three five depending on the size euros you know how many yeah you can get a bag go yeah 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 yeah. it's more expensive than i thought so Listen, there's some renowned ones that you you pay your money for your for your churros for sure. I mean, there's lines of people you know waiting to get from there. And, yeah, uh, especially if you go to the, the tourist spots. So, um, I'm just trying to see here. So, if if that's the case, then our our churros are cheaper, right? So, churreria, chocolateria San Ginés, which is the one I usually go to. <laughs> Yes. Chocolate con seis churros o dos porras. Four fifty uh, euros. My God. There you go. So so here basically let me I'm just gonna lay down the math for you guys, okay? For four fifty euros, which turns out to be uh five fifty US dollars. Okay. Uh-huh. Um you get six churros plus a thing of chocolate. <laughs> a thing of cho- a mug. A mug of chocolate. <laughs> Chocolate. Uh, an average churro contains 240 calories. Wait, what? Two, yeah. Oh, my God. Um, 240 times six, 1,400 calories <laughs> for six churros plus a and thing of chocolate, of by the way. Oh, Chocolate it. is pure calories and fat. Let's say this is about almost your daily intake of calories for and plus your 450 euros, 550 in debt now. <laughs> and plus you've just ruined your entire week of good, good eating. Okay, We've just become anti-churros on this podcast. Do you realize? Yeah, because the, the, we, the podcast we promote the spiritual churros, not the, not the physical churros. Well, I, that means you've just spoiled my... You know, illusion, my, my excitement for ever eating churros ever again. That's all, the only thing that's going to linger in my head now. You just finished churros for me. Thanks. So for cheaper, for cheaper than that and zero calories plus a lot of spiritual content, it's a, no, it's a no-brainer. No-brainer. Plus, plus you get to help put food on the table for, <laughs> I'll name the four, four children. Lorenzo Lorin. Joya Lorin, Luca Sobani, Arlo Sobani. You're a legend. Yeah. Well done for remember. Yeah. All right. Uh, enough guilt tripping. Love you all if you're a patron or not. Honestly, the show goes on with or without you. We love having you guys a part of this because we love sharing who we are with you guys. And Absolutely. we try to provide as value, much value as we can. And um, whether you want to support us or not, or you can or you can't, no judgment, just all pure love. There's no guilt. We're just joking. Um, we just like to have people on this journey with us and for those of you who are part of this patreon.com slash churros tacticals we'll see you guys on friday diego thank you so much take care my friends and talk soon take care 
Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.